Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. 105 in Edmonton, second hour of Oilers Now. Brendan Ulrich with you. Oilers Now, as always, brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Digitex has our office printer and supply needs covered. They do it all and could be doing it for you right now. Bob Stoffer away this week. Uh, he'll be back, I think, on the 27th. But uh, there is a possibility he stops by at some point next week. I know for a fact Bob would have stopped by today if our sports forecasters were in. I know uh, Gabriel and uh, the the crew over there sent us some. We're just anxious, you know. We're just waiting patiently for them to arrive. I know Bob called me today, and he said, "Hey, are those uh, magazines in yet from the the sports forecaster?" Because Bob looks forward to it every year, as do I. And uh, we've been uh, talking every year at about this time with uh, someone from the sports forecaster because Duff Wallace used to come on, but now it sounds like Gabriel Farnesi is the man in charge over there. Gabriel, welcome to Others Now. Hey, it's great to great to be on the air. Yeah, thanks for uh, coming on. I know we had Duff Wallace on the last uh, few seasons or the last few years at about this time. Uh, so, are you now the, the lead dog over there when it comes to uh, the project- projections? Yeah, well, uh, the funny thing is that uh, you, you guys like to talk hockey, it seems like uh, a little bit earlier than everybody else uh, on this planet. So, uh, you know, when everybody's on vacation, uh, you guys were calling us, and uh, and Duff was always gracious to, uh, to to pitch in and pinch hit for me uh, when I was on my vacation. But Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, so so now it's, uh, it looks like it's going to be uh, it's gonna be a little bit of a change, but it's going to be me... Uh, Going going forward, and I'm uh, looking forward to it. You guys, uh, you guys like to talk hockey early, which is always great. Well, the the show is year round, and uh, even in uh, August here in July, when there's no Oiler news to talk about, we do a two hour Oilers show every day. So that That's tells great. you our fans uh, here in Edmonton love the Oilers. They love to talk Oilers, and a lot of fans oh, are I, gearing up for you know like the playoff or the hockey season pools that are just around the corner as well. Yeah, and I'm, I'm hoping that the Oilers fans like us as well because we, we haven't been too kind to them over the years and hopefully, you know, things are going to be changing soon. Well, we'll get to uh, some of the Pacifics here in a, in a second, but you, I know uh, Brad was chatting with you off the air and you sent us all this information ahead of time, um, so thanks for that, but I know uh, he said that you, first of all, personally have the Oilers in the playoffs but uh, the magazine has them just on the outside looking in. So I guess why do you feel the Oilers will be a playoff team this season? Well, um, you know, the consensus was that uh, that they, we couldn't really, I guess, justify any of the uh, Western Conference teams uh, that uh, that were missing last year, uh, that made it last year, that, that we're going to miss this year, or, um, or, 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 you know, some of the new teams that are, are, are better. Uh, we thought maybe they, those teams were a little bit ahead of the Oilers. My personal gut feeling, you know, after watching what happened in Washington last uh, last season, um, I think uh, I think Edmonton fans should be encouraged because uh, you know no longer uh, am I personally going to ever doubt anybody anymore. Um, you know, when when somebody looks down and out, maybe that's when they're they're most dangerous. Um, you know, and and a lot of people had 
personally Alex Ovechkin down and out uh, this time last year. And, and, and I think the, the Capitals, even when the playoffs began last spring, were pretty much an afterthought for, by, by everybody. And, uh, and obviously they came away the victors. So I think that, that spells you know, good news for, for Oilers fans because you know, I don't think anybody really looks at this team right now uh, and sees a playoff team uh, on, on paper. But, you know, uh, the Capitals were a, a much worse-looking team on paper this time last year than they were the year before. And, uh, and they found a way. And other teams have done that, too, over the, uh, over the course of history, uh, especially in the NHL. And so I think, uh, I don't know, maybe call it a gut feeling for now. But, yeah, I, I think they might find a way to sneak in uh, if they can get a little bit more help for Connor McDavid. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Of course, Washington had all kinds of uh, off-season changes a year ago. They lost uh, Schmidt to uh, Vegas in expansion. Shattenkirk signed with the Rangers. Um, Alsner went to Montreal. And, uh, yeah, you're right. People are saying maybe this is the year that uh, Washington drops off and all of a sudden they win the Stanley Cup. So you never know with hockey, as we uh, you know saw with uh, the Vegas Golden Knights last season as well. But when it comes to Edmonton, we do know that Connor McDavid is uh, going to uh, likely lead the league in scoring when it's all said and done. You guys have him at 120 points this season, so that's a bump up from 108 last year. I could easily see this happening as well, but maybe talk about how you guys uh, came up with that number for McDavid. Sure. Uh, well, first of all, you know we were one of the few people uh, around last year that uh, thought maybe you know it was going to take him one more year before he wins the Art Ross. You know, and we were completely wrong. Um, the one guy that maybe gave him the big, biggest challenge last year uh, was Evgeny Malkin in Pittsburgh. And had he not gotten hurt last year, missed 12 games, he might have actually been uh, you know the, the 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 winner, which we had predicted last year, but. Um, you know, it, it, from now on, it, you know, it, the sky is the limit as far as how many uh, our Rosses uh, McDavid is going to win, I think. Uh, and, and as far as 120 goes, uh, we look at it as a, as a bit of a conservative projection, to be honest. Um, if, if he had a little bit more of uh, the kind of supporting cast that, uh, that guys like Crosby Malkin have in Pittsburgh and maybe some of the other superstars in the league, even, even Ovechkin now has, has, you know, a great supporting cast with the emergence of Kuznetsov as his main centerman. If, if McDavid can find uh, something resembling that, uh, you know, 120 might be a little bit conservative even at this point. Obviously, health is is a big deal with him and with every every superstar in the NHL for fantasy purposes. Well, yeah, that's uh, a good point, and maybe it's uh, Nugent Hopkins that becomes that uh, you know go-to guy with McDavid this season. It certainly. Uh, was at the end of last year when those two started clicking and finished the uh, season on a tear. So Nugent Hopkins projected for 79 points this season. That would be a, you know, a breakout uh, campaign for him. And if he does play with McDavid all year long, someone needs to, uh, you know, ride shotgun with him if McDavid's getting 120. So I can see this happening as well. You have, Mc, or you have Nugent Hopkins at 79. So likely that is with him playing with McDavid the entire season. Right. And, you know, Obviously, he's a very good player on his own, and uh, but but as a third line center uh, or a two A or two B center, if you want, with with Drysdale, um, you know the, the the situation would not necessarily be uh, as rosy for for Nugent Hopkins uh, fantasy owners. But uh, the, the the chemistry factor was there last year, and it was late, and it was you know what uh, what a lot of people uh, refer to in fantasy hockey as garbage time. You know uh, when basically you know their playoff fate was decided. And they went on a run, 
and uh, and and obviously McDavid's late season run was was spectacular, and and Nugent Hopkins was a huge factor there. So it's pretty hard not to to predict that Nugent Hopkins will be on his left side when when opening night comes around. The question becomes obviously. You know, after maybe two or three losses, will will there be changes to the lines, which happens on almost every team uh, in this era? So it's very difficult for fantasy purposes, obviously, to uh, to predict stuff like uh, like lines and 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 uh, and line changes. But uh, but a guy like Nugent Hopkins is talented enough, defensively responsible enough um, that I think he might stick. And uh, I was very surprised that they tried him there because he looks like a natural center, you know, by by most accounts. But he looked really good there, so I think that uh, you know when it's not broken, I don't think they should they should try to fix it. Basically, yeah, I think uh, you know Drysdale drives a line more say than uh, Nugent Hopkins, so it makes sense to have Nuge with. Uh McDavid and then have Drysdale on your second line but then the question is who's going to play with Drysdale on his wings and we have no idea right now. There are a lot of uh, options and uh, a lot still to be determined and we still don't know who is going to be on that right side like you talked about with McDavid so it, it is hard to uh, put uh, projections on paper right now uh, in the off season because you don't know what the lines are going to be when the season starts so you do have Jesse Poliarvi though having a pretty good season and uh, I would say it's likely that uh, it's some point he'll be in the top six next season and maybe with McDavid or maybe with dry settle so when it comes to a player like that lots to uh, consider I guess when it comes to actually coming to a 48 point projection yes uh, absolutely and and he's he's risk he's high risk um, but he's a player that has the draft pedigree that has the talent I think I think a lot of people that have watched him play. I, I remember seeing him play actually live uh, here in Montreal uh, at the World Juniors, uh, probably his draft year, uh, I want to say four years ago. Uh, and I was blown away by his, his talent level. Um, and so I'm, I'm not ready to give up on a guy like Pouli Uh In keeper leagues, I think he's a must to, to re- either redraft or even just keep if you have him already. Uh, he's that talented, and he has such a... He has such awesome potential, even because of the centerman that he potentially, you know, will be playing with. Uh, it's, it's very unlikely he's a third liner on on the Edmonton Oilers, and so for the foreseeable future, his centerman will be a very good uh, creator, a very good passer, and arguably, if he's, if he's, he manages to get on the top line, he's playing with the best player in the game. So, uh, so the, the the high the um, the potential is high. The risk is also very high, and in uh, in a year to year hockey pool. I'm not so sure that I would uh, I would take that risk with Puliyarvi, but uh, but I do see him you know coming up and and at some point you have to think that it's just gonna it's just gonna happen for him it's gonna click you know uh, it's a matter of chemistry too of uh, which centerman he's gonna be gonna play better with but and and they might want to play him with Drysdale as you mentioned if if the Nugent Hopkins McDavid combination sticks then you know he, he might be the guy that, that they look for to play with uh, with Drysdale. Hey, to win these pools, you need to take a flyer at some point. Maybe Poliarvi's that guy. So, uh, right. And you mentioned him at the World Juniors that year. He was unbelievable, and uh, he was playing with Ajo and Line, and he looked like the best of those three in that tournament. So, of course, right. Line has had a really good uh, NHL career so far, as has Ajo, and right. uh, we're still waiting for uh, Poliarvi to emerge. But I still believe in him. He's only uh, 20 years of age, so That's right. this could be uh, the coming out party for him this season, but we don't know who he's playing with. Uh, the other uh, youngsters <laughs> you guys have here uh, on the Oilers roster, you have Yamamoto playing 63 games. 
So there is a chance he goes down to the AHL and is up at some point. Ari sticks right out of camp, so it's hard to project him, as uh, is Evan Bouchard. And uh, with Sekera going now, going down with uh, injury, so now there is even a better uh, chance that Bouchard does start the season with the Oilers. But when it comes to those two players specifically, maybe talk about... Uh, these projections here because you have Yamamoto for uh, 31 points in 63 games and Bouchard for 24 in 50. Right. So in, in Yamamoto's case, um, you know, I think he's he's the kind of player that uh, uh, he's just, I think he's just too good, uh, too well-rounded, I think, to, to, to not make it. He's going to make it. It's, it's a matter of whether or not he's going to be one of those guys that uh, that poolies are going to be leaning on in the, in future years. And I think he will be. Um, but he's, he's almost like the kind of player that might complement the superstars more so than become one himself. You know, and, and, but those are very valuable players as well in fantasy, so because especially if they can stick on a line for a little while. Um, you know, so I think, I think Yamamoto is a guy that um, you know, might not be top six when the season begins. Like you mentioned, could be in Bakersfield, could, have, could spend some AHL time, but I think eventually... Uh, he's going to find his, himself uh, in, in a top six role with this team. The, uh, what, what fantasy leaguers have to gamble on is whether that's going to be in, in 1819 or whether that's going to be in 1920 or, or maybe even beyond. Um, I like to think that he's going to maybe finish off this campaign uh, as a top sixer with the Oilers. So, uh, you know, I would take a chance on him in, 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 as, a late, as a last rounder. And because of the fact that he's no longer, you know, that he, couldn't, he can be eligible for, for AHL play, it makes him a little bit more worth, uh, worthy of the gamble because he's not one of those guys that, oh, after nine games, you lose him for the, for the entire season. He's a guy that you can gamble a little bit and, uh, and maybe take a shot with, uh, maybe especially in, in, a, in, a, in a league that's got like a deep roster. Um, as far as Bouchard goes, it's really kind of like the perfect storm, you know, and, and generally we don't like to, uh, to put, you know, uh, recently drafted uh, defensemen uh, in uh, anybody's lineup because it just, you know, history suggests that it just doesn't happen very often. But, you know, when you look at the Oilers' roster and you say to yourself, well, what does this team really need? Well, they could really use an offensive-minded defenseman and they can really use a guy who plays the right side and preferably with a right-handed shot because on their first power play unit, that's what they're really missing, you know, mm-hmm. because I think they like to have, they, I think they still like to have Lucic in front of the net and, and we talked about Drysdale, and we talked about McDavid, and we talked about Nugent Hopkins, and those are all players I think that are, are worthy of being first power play unit guys. Um, and then you know what's missing from that list is is a right shot, is a guy that they will 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 take some of the defensive load and move it over on the on the left side if he's moving over to the left side, takes a lot of the the coverage away from the the other guys who are all left handed shots. Um, and he's got a howitzer, and so you put all of those things together. You mentioned Sakara's injury. We had actually projected Bouchard to, to outplay Sakara even if he was uh, not uh, injured. So, um, you know, barring a trade, and we, we, you know, there's a lot of rumors out there that the others are still looking for an offensive defense, and why not? Uh, you know, nobody wants to necessarily rely on a freshly drafted player. But uh, if, if the season begins tomorrow, I, I think he makes this roster. I think he has a, has a golden opportunity. And, uh, you know, again, high risk, high reward. After nine games, he can go back to junior. You lose him for the season. But, uh, you know, in a, in, a, in a deep league where you're looking for value and you're looking for those potential home run picks, this is a home run pick because he was exactly what the team needed, and he just happened to be, you know, drafted in the first round this year. 
Well, I think he already has the best one-timer uh, on the team in terms of a right-shot guy. He can certainly hammer the puck, and uh, we don't know what the top power play is going to look like to start, but uh, he'll definitely, you know, have a say in the preseason if he can uh, try to grab it. I know Bob uh, has actually floated out an idea of playing five lefties on the top unit and having McDavid set up on the left side and then have dry settle. You know, he, who has a good one-timer, the only problem is he shoots left, so it doesn't really help on that top power play if he wants to set up a, like Stamkos right. or Ovechkin. So, but perhaps right. they shift it to the left side, but uh, that's, you know, that's coach's talk. So we'll see how yeah. they decide. Yeah. Uh, lots of options. Um, Absolutely. I want to ask you about a few other guys on other teams, but I, we don't have a lot of time. So quickly, I want to ask you about Ryan Strom here on the Oilers because you guys were high on him last year, and I think that was based on him playing with McDavid for the entire season. I think you had him at 70, um, and this year he is at uh, 43, which is, uh, right. you know, that's realistic, I think, for sure. But, yeah, it's tough last year because he's traded for Everly. Everyone's saying, okay, there's a chance he starts with McDavid, and then that didn't last very long. So it was yeah. – uh, but maybe talk about how you guys came to that last year and then where you're at this year quickly. Well, it, it, you know, last year it was again. You know, there was a there was a big hole at, on that right side, and and you know, as we've been talking here today, you know, the, the hole still exists. There's a lot of potential, but that's all that there is for the for the time being. Um, and uh, I think what we found out last year, and and obviously the Oilers found out last year, uh, was that uh, you know he's re- he's really a natural center, and I think he belongs at the center position. And I think the reason why maybe Nugent Hopkins is going to stick on the left side is because Strom looks like uh, he could fit uh, a, a nice role here in Edmonton as, as the number three center with some power play duty, with you know maybe, maybe being the guy who sort of controls uh, the play on the second unit. Um, and, uh, and I think the, the, the pressure needs to be taken off of his shoulders a little bit because I thought, I thought, I thought he played with a little bit too much pressure, uh, you know, maybe coming, coming from, uh, from the Islanders to, to the Oilers for a guy like Jordan Eberle, maybe trying too much to try and be the guy to replace Jordan Eberle's offense and things like that. I think in year two, I think he's going to be more comfortable in Edmonton. I think things are going to be a little bit, uh, you know, going to slow down a little bit for him. So, uh, yeah, he's definitely one of those guys that I would uh, I would say um, is a rebound candidate and uh, a guy that's probably not going to be, you know, a picked too early in most leagues, uh, whether you're talking about keeper leagues or, or yearly leagues. So um, there's a lot of value there, and and that's I think that's a general theme here with with a lot of Oilers players is that you know um, because of what happened last season, if your name isn't McDavid, uh, a lot of players are not going to be picked necessarily at their value, and so there's going to be a lot of players that are going to be available from the Oilers, maybe not necessarily in your market because as you know everybody you know when you're when you're drafting you always go for the local talent, but uh, if you're outside of the uh, of the city of Edmonton. Uh, there's going to be a lot of players who I think are going to be uh, available and are going to have a lot of value around the league. Gabriel, thanks for taking some time here. We're out of time. I would have asked you about uh, some other players and other teams, but uh, we'll let uh, you know listeners go out and buy the magazine to uh, find those. Uh, out. We don't want to scoop you too much, but we do appreciate you, uh, you know, giving us your insight here. And I can't wait to get my hands on the magazine and use it for all the drafts that I'll be uh, in upcoming. I'm a big uh, fantasy and big uh, pool type guy, so uh, I can't wait for the season from that standpoint as well. So thanks for taking some time today. Well, enjoy the rest of the summer, and hopefully the, the puck will drop pretty soon. Yeah, we'll have to get you on uh, again here uh, in September or something, but uh, thanks for taking some time today. That would be great. All right, thanks a lot. 
That is Gabriel Farnesi, the managing editor of the Sports Forecaster magazine. Great insight from him. And uh, it's a tough job because if you're wrong, people will say, oh, you were out to lunch on that proje- projection, but a lot goes into it. Like, how do you ha- sort of, uh, you know, how do you know that uh, this player is going to play with McDavid the entire season? You don't. So you're making a projection based off that, and then anything can change. Another player can get hot with McDavid, and then your projection's out to wax. So who knows? But uh, that was great to see how it all sort of, uh, you know, comes together with what they decide to go with on paper when uh, the magazine uh, comes out, and you can uh, purchase your uh, sports forecaster here uh, in stores right now. It's 125 in Edmonton. We're way late for the break, but we'll take a quick time out on Oilers now. One twenty-seven in Edmonton. Back here on Oilers now. Brendan Ulrich with you. It's great to uh, catch up with Gabriel Farnesi, the managing editor there of the Sports Forecaster. Um, it's never too early to start thinking about uh, your hockey pool. I know I'm thinking about it every day, and especially uh, NFL pools as well. Fantasy football is uh, almost back, and I can't wait for that. But uh, I'm obsessed with this stuff. Like I love hockey pools. I love DraftKings. I'm on there every night playing DraftKings for any sport, golf, baseball, hockey, and especially football, which is... Uh, just around the corner, so can't wait for that. But it was great to get some insight there on how you sort of uh, come to a final number when uh, you need to put this magazine out, and it is in stores right now, and uh, we'll have our copies here over at 6.30 Ched very shortly. I know Bob called me before the show. He saw that we had Gabriel on, and he said, Brendan, where's my magazine? Are they in yet? Uh, He was ready to go. Bob wanted to get his hands on his sports forecaster, and uh, I know he'll be in here next week when they officially come in to uh, grab his. It's 128 in Edmonton. We have Morley Scott around the corner at 135 for an update on the Eskimos. It's smoky out there right now. If the game was tonight, there's no chance they would be playing. But it sounds like some of this smoke will sort of... Uh, fade away as we get closer to kickoff. The question is how much of it will go away. It's uh, still up in the air uh, if we will play football on Saturday or not, but if they do, Morley Scott is going to fill us in on all the changes to the roster because the Eskimos uh, released the depth chart today and we'll get you updated on that after the one thirty news of Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.